0: In this hour, from Puckpedia to discuss the Evans Oilers' cap situation and implications, Hart Levine in about a minute's time. And uh, depending upon the availability at the end of the uh, Oilers' Wall of Fame uh, presser, today the Evans Oilers announcing that Lee Fogelin and Ryan Smith will uh, join the Hall of Famers on the newly created Wall of Fame uh, we'll get to one of those individuals as well in the second half hour of the show. We will uh, tell you uh, the guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Frank Valley was our Oiters Now, Saravali was our Oiters Now headliner. <laughs> hey, I called Mitch Dull, Mitch Dull for like eight years. And Jack goes, Bob, it's Duel. Mitch Duel. I'm like, no, it's Dull. So, uh, Frank Cervelli was our orders now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. It's, it's not just might be. It is. The best you've ever tasted. Hawk uh, Beef Jerky. Three locations to serve you. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. And we welcome back to the show from Puck Petey. He knows the numbers. Hart Levine. How, how, Hart, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? Not bad. Uh, uh, the longer things... It's interesting. Uh, you know, in Penticton at the rookie tournament, and obviously Dylan Holloway had a strong performance then. That's going to help his case to make the team. But, you know, we've, we're have we closing in on basically about 20 days from now. The Edmonton Oilers are going to have to have a cap-compliant uh, roster uh, from the start of the season. And it isn't going to be easy, is it?
1: No, they're going to have to make some tough decisions on who to put on waivers, and they're going to have to potentially squeeze McLeod to get his number to fit. Um, and they're going to be going with a 20- 20 or 21-man roster, which doesn't leave a, a lot of room for error, right? or, or they're going to make a trade. So, yeah, they're going to have to make some decisions one way or another.
0: All right. What's the most likely scenario for Ryan McLeod at this stage? And I know you have uh, access, several of the agents you've actually built relationships with up over the course of the last couple of years. What do you foresee happening with McLeod?
1: Well, I know that there's they continue talking about multi-year deals, but... Both sides acknowledge that can only happen if there's a a trade of a player going out. So, you know, I think if there was a trade of a player going out, we may see a two or three year deal. Otherwise, I think. You know, the, in the absence of that, we're looking at a one-year deal in the 800 range, and I think the number isn't so much what he's worth. It's, it's It'll be like a number that will help them maximize their LTIR pool because, I mean, you know, it, does it really matter if he makes, you know, 800 or 825 or 845? I mean, for, for regular people, that matters a lot, but I, I think considering I'm sure he's going to have a, a long and productive career, the, the few thousand here and there won't matter. So I think a one-year deal again will be in the 800s and it will really just depend on what number they need to maximize the ltir pool
0: and the ltir pool is uh maxed at what for this year
1: so they can exceed the cap by up to 6.367 million which is cuff bomb plus that's cap hit and the way that it works because they're going to be over the cap when they submit their opening roster However much they're over the cap, um, up to that 6.367, that's going to be their LTIR pool. So let's say for some reason they were only, you know, 6 million over, they, they lose that 367. They, they wouldn't be able to, to kind of get it back. So the incentive is to be like $1 less than 6.367 million over the cap. So there's a couple of ways that they could do that and, and to, to, just sending some guys down and then, um, giving McLeod a number that can kind of fit into that um, total.
0: About two months ago, Ken Holland said Philip Roberg has to play his way out of the lineup and Dylan Holloway has to play his way onto the lineup. But there are some cap considerations here too, aren't there?
1: Yeah. So both those guys, they have big performance bonuses along with Bouchard, but they have big performance bonuses. So, you know, regardless of if they were to make the opening, like first game roster, which I think it sounds like, you know, definitely Broberg, maybe Holloway, they might do it on merit. But even if they weren't going to make the opening, the first game roster, but you thought that they were going to play during the season, they would need to be on that opening roster submission, which is is not the first day, first game. It's a, it's a couple of days before that, um, because with their bonuses and being an LCIR. If they're not on that opening roster submission when you do want to call them up later the performance bonuses are going to get added to their cap it so instead of being you know nine hundred thousand dollar cap it they're going to be in the case of Holloway would be a one point four four million dollar cap hit. which considering how tight they're going to be would basically make it near impossible for him to get called up unless there were trades or some other LTIRs, um guys along the way so you know I've been thinking all summer regardless of how Holloway or Borberg looked in training camp they're on that opening roster submission because then, whether they want them to play on game one or not, it just gives them the option to be able to play them, um, you know, at some point during the season, and and be you know under a million dollar cap instead of well over a million dollars.
0: We're joined right now by Hart Levine from Puckpedia, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. All right, here we go. Here's the big question. So, assuming there's not a trade, and they've got, uh, and I, I'm working under the context that Broberg is on the team for sure, and you've got Holloway on the team. Uh, so you don't get stung with that bonus during the course of the season, if you recall him. So he's on the team to start when you declare the roster. They could foreseeably then send him down right away, but they would probably have to put how many players on waivers to send down for a day in a paper transaction.
1: Well, let's, so let's start with the opening roster, the submission. So to make it all fit, I think they'd have to send Sam Marukov. I don't think there'd be room for him, so that's a waiver risk. I think they'd have to send Sh- Someone like Shore down at eight fifty, and I think one of Ryan or Yanmark. Um, you know, both of them carry the same $1.25 one point two five million dollar million cap. It now, if they do that, they would have room for a forward at seven fifty, which could be Benson or maybe they sign someone, and then McLeod could fit in at eight eleven. Um, that's what they would be left with, and that would while, them, like, keeping right while
0: keeping Holloway here, while keeping Holloway here.
1: Exactly. Or let's say they want, instead of Benson at 750, they want to go with Malone or McKay at 762. Then that puts McLeod at 798 instead of 811. So again, part of why I think McLeod hasn't been signed is they want the flexibility. They can come up with what the number needs to be. So again, that would be a 21 man roster. No Sam Rukov, no shore, um, not one of Ryan or Yanmark, And then, You'd have McLeod, then you'd have Benson or Malone or McKeague, a guy kind of 760 to, or 750. And if you did that with Holloway on that roster, you submitted that. If you don't want Holloway on the opening roster, he's a 925-cap um, guy then you could flip him for a shore at 850 or, you know, anyone else then at 925 or less, you could flip him with um, when the season starts. So, but you're, you're maxed out. You can never, you can't add any cap hit more to your team. So anything, anyone you want to call up, you're going to have to send someone down at that cap hit or more. Um, so, yeah, if Holloway isn't that in Game 1, but he's in that opening roster with what we just described, they could send him down, and, and there would be room then for a Shore. Not not for a Ryan or a Yanmark, but there'd be room for, for a Shore.
0: So we need to, all right, so we. I just want to circle back to this. So there's a difference between being cap-compliant, what does it have to be, 24 hours before your first game?
1: Uh, It's it's 24 hours before the first day of the regular season, Okay, so it's on the 10th this year. All right. So you have to be
0: cap-compliant by then, and they can have machinations the next day. And theoretically, Holloway could be, as as part of the cap-compliant roster, and then a day later be sent down to the minors and they could recall somebody. But you don't think they could recall... um, they, you don't think they'd be able to recall Ryan or Eanmark as an example in that scenario?
1: It, they, uh, not if they want to go with twenty-one players. But if they sent Holloway and somebody else down, like let's say let's say it was Benson and as that um, that last forward at seven fifty, they could send Holloway and Benson down, and then they could call up uh, whether it was. Uh, Ryan or Yan Yanmark, they could call one of those guys up, but then they'd have a 20-man roster instead of the 21 that they submitted on opening day. So again, once they submit that opening roster, that's however that's the most they can be over the cap for the season unless someone else gets hurt. So that means that from that roster, if you want to call guys up, you got to have to send the exact same cap hit or more down.
0: All right. Now I'm going to ask you some big-time questions long-term here. Today, Nathan McKinnon signed a deal, double his existing deal. He's going to make $12.6 million starting next season, okay, on an eight-year extension. So Connor McDavid, as we know, signed eight years, $12.5 million. Everybody would say he's been worth the money. Guy's the best player in the world. His deal is up. Connor's deal is up in four years. Leon's deal is up in three years. Uh, In four years from now, what do you think the cap's going to be? Would we be at a $100 million cap at that point? Yeah, I was going to say in and around $100 yeah. Okay. Is it possible we could maybe, be looking maybe, at... Maybe high 90s. Okay. Is it possible we could be, look... we'd be looking at an 18 to $20 million player per season?
1: Well, we've never had someone with that high a percentage of the cap, right? Um, like, the, pick the max of 20% of the cap. So on $100 million, you're talking $20 million would be the max. I don't think we'd see 18 to 20, but I think you'd certainly, like... Dry next deal wouldn't surprise me at all if he's 15 16 million that wouldn't surprise me yeah. especially if we have a a big jump like let's say let's say next year is eighty three and a half, and then the year after is a 90 million and then the year after is $93, 94 million I mean there's that's a lot of cap space that's open in the system yeah. all of a sudden I could see uh that next deal for dry saddle jumping to yeah 15 16. Seventeen. I don't think we get. I don't think we're getting to eighteen to twenty, just in, unless things really shift even more, where it's the top guys are getting max money, like kind of in the NBA. But we've never seen someone at like twenty percent of the cap. So I don't. I don't think we're getting to the twenty million. But I certainly think you know mid teens is quite reasonable.
0: I, I'm gonna make, to make a. Expect. I'm gonna make a prediction right here right now, as a result of where we're headed. So we've basically been at a flat cap. We're going to be in a flat cap world for four seasons, right? 81-and-a-half, 81-and-a-half, 82-and-a-half this year, 83-and-a-half next year. And then we all know it's going to jump. What that is going to do is drive even more greater value in first-round picks. Because if you're an organization that has a couple of those players, and the orders are in McDavid and settle you're going to need cheap labor in order to pay those guys long-term, if you want to keep them. Right, you're gonna it's it just comes with the territory you're and, and so you, where do you get the best possible cheap labor you get it through the draft right and I I mean I'm putting it in a like I ju- I just look at it we just you know Edmonton's the only organizational league that's got their last 10 first rounders still in the organization uh lots of other teams have traded four or five first round picks in the last 10 years Edmonton's in a position where they look like they're gonna be competing this is supposed to be a really Uh, deep draft this year I think what's going to result in this heart is you're going to have a bunch of guys just looking for work at whatever the league minimum is going to be but I also, like. I mean realistically speaking, most of that money is going to go to a best play, I think we're going to have even a further divide uh, between the top end guys and then you know, guys on ELCs and guys just looking for work, what do you think?
1: I, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we've already been seeing it, right? Like over the last few years, there's way less deals kind of in the five to seven, eight million dollar range. Um, and most of the deals are, yeah, w- well over that, or you're talking a couple million, um, range. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be exacerbated when the cap comes up. I think there's, there's going to be a real advantage. Like when the cap jumps, let's say it goes from 83 and a half to 90, there's, there's going to be a real advantage for teams to have guys locked up basically. You know in deals from from the lower cap right like a a guy like Kulak and um, you know like that, that that kind of player in three years is, is nowhere close to what he just signed for you, you know he 's a couple million dollars more potentially so um, and having core players locked up like uh, like Hyman 's deal, for example, I mean, I know he 's going to be getting older, but you 're not going to get a f- that summer, think of a guy like Hyman what 's a free agent winger like him going to go for when the cap goes from maybe three and a half to ninety million there 's going to be tons of teams with cap space trying to bid on the you know one of the tops. Um, scoring two-way wingers available, so teams that have guys locked up, I think, have an advantage. And I think teams that also don't go crazy on that first off season, um, uh-huh. they sign the top guys, like uh, you know, a guy like a McKinnon, Drysdale. Yeah, pay him what he takes. But there's going to be a lot of like mid-level guys getting huge contracts. To kind of think back to that summer when Lucic signed uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, Andrew Ladd. I think there'll be a lot of. Yep. yeah there'll be a lot of contracts like that which that summer oh well look they all cap space and two years from now they'll, they'll still be they'll still be tight to the cap and needing to buy those kind of contracts so, I mean I remember several years ago in the NBA there was a huge jump from a TV contract and guys were getting crazy contracts mid-level guys and two years later they were trying to buy them out and get rid of uh, attaching assets to move it so yeah there's going to be a benefit to GMs that have a little bit of restraint hey the top guys but not you know, kind of blow all their cap space for the next few years on mid-level guys just because all of a sudden there's some you know, cap just space. Just don't blow cap space
0: project. on mid-level guys, Hart. That's where we're going here. I mean, exactly. it's interesting because we have people exactly. texting about Darnell Nurse and the run on defense last summer. I, I don't see Darnell Nurse as a mid-level guy. I know people don't like the price point. The problem for Darnell Nurse is statistically, offensively, he's not going to be on the first unit power play. That's going to be Evan Bouchard eventually supplanting Tyson Berry there. And Darnell's going to be hard-pressed to have a 50 or 60-point season, but he should have decent offensive contribution, five-on-five five scoring, which was part of what helped get him paid. But to me, it's always don't overpay for the mid-zone. Go get the best or go cheap. That's kind of how you know I, I'd see it. And 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 that to me means you hang on to your first-round like unless you get a home-run piece. You know what I mean? Unless you get a home run player that puts you over the top. I mean, I look at the Leafs trading a first-rounder for Nick Foligno, and I'm like, that's not a home run piece, you know? Um, Now, Patrick Kane? Patrick Kane for half a season and chance to win? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know? Away you go. So, uh, I don't know. But to tie it back to our our initial conversation, like, that's why if they had – some room, like signing the cloud to a three or four year deal right now, I mean, that's, there's a real benefit, right? Because let's say you sign him to a three year deal, you know, under two million. Um, when that cap jumps up in that third year, and he's a regular, even just let's just say he's a third line center, third line centers are going to be getting more than, you know, under two billion. Um, there's a real benefit. Look at Bush, signing Bouchard right now to an extension, I think would be, you know, there's a real advantage of doing that because you know, he's likely going to put up more points this season. Um, and again, it, it, if he goes along and signs, you get to the next soft season and they don't have much cap space because they had a big season, you got to do a, a two-year deal – now he's going to be up for a new contract when the cap jumps a bunch. So there's a, there's an advantage from lock, to locking up your players, your young players to to long term deals, and there's a lot less risk with signing a, a young player to a deal because if you were to buy out a player that's under 26 years old, it's only one third the cap. It like look at Ottawa with Colin White, yeah there's a there's a cap charge for them, but it's not that costly. And they made a bet, it didn't work out, but now they just made some bets on some other young guys, knowing that like, if you need to, you can kind of get out of it. So. It's much better to go long and, and bet on your young guys um, and when you t- potentially have them for the, the, you know their prime years than to give big money to older free agents when you're going to be carrying them into their like 30, mid-30s and they're past their prime. Hart, how do people follow you on Puckpedia? Go to Twitter at Puckpedia or the website Puckpedia.com.
0: Awesome stuff. Thank you for your time.
1: Thanks, appreciate it. You bet.
0: All right, it is 1.23 and a do, do want to mention to you, uh, the weather at the start of the week is a sign of what's coming. The good news is that we will have hockey. The other news is it's time to think about upgrading your truck or SUV. Our friends at Brent Ridge Ford actually have some real inventory. They got about 21 new and used Ford SUVs. Um, All have warranties and many have subsidized interest rates. In addition, they have a number of uh, off-make SUVs as well. The count today is at about 25 new and used trucks on the lot at Brent Ridge Ford. Again, most have warranties. All units are priced competitively. Of course, Brent Ridge always treats their customers fairly. They have an outstanding service department. Uncle Melty, Rich, Johnny and the gang would be happy to look after your vehicle needs. Give them a call, 780-352-6048, and remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. It is 124 in Edmonton. I also want to mention to you at this time, oh yeah, we got to get to it, the guests on this show receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had, 99.90 at Jasper Avenue. We'll get to some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line when we return on Oilers Now. If you're looking for a great Oilers Road Trip, you can join Oilers Now in New York City this November to see the Oilers play the Rangers and the Islanders, plus an opportunity to watch the uh, famous Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. This New York package includes airfare, five nights in a deluxe hotel in Times Square, lower bowl game tickets, and a welcome reception with yours truly uh, for the Oilers Now New York Hockey Tour. Call New West Travel or visit uh, newwesttravel.com. And again... Uh, we do want to mention, uh, all year long, the Odor's Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitments, unrivaled results. We will tell you, a couple players got nicked up during the course of the rookie tournament. Carter Savoy, don't think he'll be on the ice to start training camp. Uh, suffered a lower body injury early in Game 2 against Calgary. Uh, Ty Tulio, uh, a winger, as well as uh, Savoy's a winger. Uh, Tulio dealt with a, sort of a a hand issue. I don't think it's going to keep him out long-term. I do think Vincent de Harnay will be unlikely to start training camp on the ice, and there may be some news pending. Uh, One other defenseman not in the Oilers, say, top seven, if you projected uh, Nurse CeCe, Kulak, Bouchard, Broberg, Barry, and Murray in the mix. So we'll just stay tuned on that front. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh... Tyler, uh, this text comes in out of Calgary regarding Hart Levine. Bob, great guess. Well, yeah, he, he knows his stuff. He knows his numbers. And Kamek says, Bob, if Jake Furtanen sticks in Edmonton, what line do you see him on? Well, I think he's going to be hard-pressed to stick here, just to establish that. I am uh, of the same ilk as Jack Michaels and Frank Saravalli. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for Jake to make the team. Um, he'll be on the fourth line if he makes it. I, I don't see him playing higher than that. Off to... Uh, we are literally in a situation that is fluid. I'll tell you what's going on. The Oilers' Wall of Fame announcement came today. The actual interviews with Brian Smith and... Um the, the Zoom call is taking place right now with Ryan Smith and with Lee Foglin. So um, we'll see if we get one of those individuals coming out of 135. If not, maybe we'll uh, backfill with a special guest. But we'll head off to Global News Weather Traffic Update, Eileen Bell.